Hey, it's your friend Sky at the beginning of the episode, and you know what that means. We had audio issues. Uh, This week, I went to edit the podcast a couple days after we recorded it, opened up uh, Audition, which is the program I use, and I said, hey, where are these files? Where's your audio? And I was like, you're supposed to have it. I thought you had it. And then it was like, lol, nope. I think, where is it? Tell me where it is, and I'll I'll put it in the session. And I was like, uh, and I looked around, and I just couldn't find it, and my computer ate it, and I got really sad. But then I checked Tim and, and... and Kyle's audio, and you can hear me bleeding through uh, Kyle's headset on his recording. So what I decided to do was re-record most of my audio based on what I was hearing from Kyle's side of things and try my best to kind of piece it together. I had to cut a lot out of this episode, um, but I just didn't want to let this episode go to waste. There was some pretty good stuff in it, um, and it was a cool um, it was a cool game, uh, as you'll see. So um, what I did was I tried to piece it together uh, the best I could. Uh, that being said, I was focused on that and didn't do a lot of the audio editing that I usually do, so there's probably a lot of ums and awkward pauses in here and throat clearings that... I usually try to get rid of, but they're here now. So that's the deal. Uh, Take this episode, you know, be sympathetic about this, I guess I'm asking. Sorry for this, but um, I think it's a good episode. I think you'll have fun. So without further ado, let's get down to it. In the 1990s, there was practically an explosion of cats on stamps. That is, stamps devoted to cat portraits. (laughs) Welcome to We Should Know Better, the podcast where we hitchhike our way through Wikipedia. I am Tim, and with me tonight are my co-hosts. I'm Kyle. And I'm Sky. All right. For uh, those who are here for the first time, what we do is we start at a page on Wikipedia, the uh, bastion of knowledge. Praise be. And we use the links uh, inherent in those pages to skip from page to page and end up on a goal page. Tonight, I'm having Sky and Kyle go from one uh, master of wit to another. Tonight, we are going from uh, a famous writer and satirist. Satirist? Satirist? Sure. Satirist. Saturnist. Someone (laughs) who loves Saturn. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, We're going from Dorothy Parker to... Everyone's favorite uh, mailman, Cliff Clavin. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. From uh, the I, show Cheers. Wings, oh. right? <laughs> and Wings. He was on Wings too. This oh, okay. is true. <laughs> yes. Oh, so he was on there? He, yes. he at least had a cameo. That's correct. Which I well, learned by studying for this today. So there, I, there's a freebie for you. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Uh, To decide who's going first tonight, I have a little quiz. Uh, I need you to tell me uh, who said the quotes. Was this a Dorothy Parker witticism (laughs) or a Cliff Clavin nugget of knowledge? Oh, man. Okay. You had fun putting Uh, this together, didn't you, Tim? Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, I think we will go back and forth on this one. Let's do it. Okay. And uh, whoever has the most at the end uh, will win. And if we have a tiebreaker, uh, we'll, we'll get there. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do it. Um, oh, yeah. Who goes first for this? <laughs> oh, my gosh, Tim. <laughs> That's always the question. Flip a coin. Yeah, well, Kyle spoke first. Oh, after it's I me, asked, then. So you can go first, Kyle. <laughs> I see how it yeah. is. 
early okay. birds and all. So, mm. Dorothy Parker or Cliff Clavin? Mm-hmm. If you want to know what God thinks of money, just look at the people he gave it to. I mean, that sounds like Dorothy Parker. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> that is Dorothy Parker. That sounds exactly like Dorothy Parker. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Sky. The two most beautiful words in the English language are check and closed. Oh, geez. Um, I think that's Dorothy Parker. This is also I think I've Dorothy heard that Parker, before. correct. Oh, this might yeah, be I think easy. I've heard that one before, so I'm like, it can't mm-hmm. be Cliff. Wait, what was... What's the phrase? The two most beautiful words in the English language are check and closed. Check and closed? No, check enclosed. Oh, 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 I understand. Are, are check in closed. You can't check yep. in. That's what I heard. I was like, what? What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get this at all. This, I don't understand these words at all. <laughs> this is a weird saying. All right, Kyle. Yeah. A Freudian slip is saying one thing and meaning a mother. That's, that's uh, Cliff Clavin, I think. Yes, it is. Uh, that I mean, there are just so many, so many great Freudian slips that I can't even pick one to share with you guys. But yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I had I no, I had a I had a uh, psychology prof who was really into sharing stories of Freudian slips. So like every week she would come in and she'd be like, guys, you know, there was a really good one. Uh, uh, one. <sighs> favorite one was when uh, a a man was introducing his wife at a um at a dinner she was at and uh he was he was really wanting to show off that he was such a cool progressive guy that he was bragging about her her many accomplishments and you know he didn't he wasn't objectifying her or anything and he was like well you know she's she's won this award and she's and she's written this article and he goes a lot of people uh would objectify a woman like this but you know, for my wife, I think of her mind as her breast feature. Oof. It was it was amazing. So anyway. <laughs> All right, back to you, Sky. You just like Freudian slips because they're like puns, don't you? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right, Sky. <laughs> this wasn't just plain terrible. This was fancy terrible. This was terrible with raisins in it. <laughs> um, uh, That's a geez. great line. Yeah, it is. Uh, and because it's a great line, I'm going to go with Dorothy Parker. You're correct. Yes. Nice. Oh, man. You guys are too good at this. Surprisingly. Uh, Kyle. Just too good. That's all. Yes. If you want to keep a woman in your life, nothing beats an old fashioned fake heart attack. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I'm gonna say Cliff Clavin, but that's a bad. That's a bad play. <laughs> yep, that is correct. Oh, uh, I want to read the whole thing here. Okay. Uh, if you want to keep a woman in your life, nothing beats an old-fashioned fake heart attack. Uh, and Fraser says, "I beg your pardon." Cliff, she goes for the door. You go for your chest. I mean, nobody can walk out on somebody who's having a coronary. It's foolproof. <laughs> I learned it from Ma. Oh, <laughs> she, goes, she uses that on you, or I use it on her. It depends who's trying to leave. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Sky. Everyone in the Swiss Army owns the Swiss Army knife. That's why no one messes with Switzerland. <laughs> Uh, it's got to be Cliff. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> uh, I love that. Uh, okay, Kyle. Yes. Trapped like a trap in a trap. I mean, that's gotta be Cliff. It is not. What? That is Dorothy Parker. Oh, that's a wonderful line, too. Mm-hmm. And that that actually closes it. Oh, no. Wow, that was so close. Yep. It, it was. was. I thought you guys were going to get them all. Mm. Almost. I would have yeah. gone. I think I would have gone with Cliff on that one, too. It was just so weird. That's mm-hmm. a good line. Yeah, it is a really great line. Oh, wait. Oh. No. Huh? Actually, you guys are tied right now, technically. You both have three correct. Oh. I did not give you. Okay. You want to flip we a coin now? <laughs> yep. Or, uh, no, Sky has, has one more. Oh, yes. That's what I meant. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Um, you got one more quote. All right. Here we go. Okay, I'm ready. <clears throat> the scientists say if pigs had thumbs and a language, they could be trained to do simple manual labor. <laughs> they give you 20 to 30 years of loyal service, and then at their retirement dinner, you can eat them. Ah. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> that's got to be Dorothy, mm, Dorothy Parker? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, God. oh, my gosh. It's Clavin. <laughs> that okay. sounded like Dorothy Parker. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Like, ah, jeez. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh man, we are still tied. Yup. All right. You, just, you want to just flip a coin? Just flip that coin uh, now. No, we have one more. Uh-oh. Okay. All right. Uh, first All right. one who gets this? All right. So okay. first one who shouts it out? Mm. Uh, men seldom make passes at girls who wear glasses. Dorothy Parker. Yes. That's that's yes. not a real phrase. Wait. Yes, what? it is. <laughs> yes, it is. That is a real quote attributed to Dorothy Parker. That's astounding. <laughs> All I, right, I, Sky. Good I job. I have no idea. Sweet. Well done, Sky. Thanks. That was a good quiz. That was. So Dorothy Parker, um, Cliff. Hmm. So we're we're going to Cliff. Right? No, we're starting with Dorothy Parker. So we're starting with Dorothy Parker going to Cliff. Cliff Clavin. Cliff Clavin. Okay, I wasn't sure if that was just part of the quiz. I forgot that that was like mm-hmm. the ending page. <laughs> I mean, technically speaking, yes. Okay, okay. The world begins and ends. <laughs> the world begins and ends with Dorothy Parker and Cliff Clavin, I suppose. Dorothy Parker was an American poet, short story writer, critic, and satirist. Best known it, it, for her wit, wisecracks. It's wise satirist, you guys. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay, See, I got it. When I think it, of yes. satirist, I think of someone with, like, um... A butt? Goat legs. Oh, okay. <laughs> and plays yeah. the flute. Mm, I can uh, see that. No, because I, I I listen to the bugle. Tim, you listen to the bugle. And, and I Andy used to, Zaltz- yeah. Yeah, Andy Zaltzman constantly refer, refers to himself as a satirist for hire yeah but oh, he's right. british they say things differently yeah, than us all the time di- oh okay just different <laughs> just different okay that's fair you know what all that's right. fair <laughs> uh she was known for her wit wisecracks and eye for 20th century urban foibles wow <laughs> foibles wow that's not not cited <laughs> From a conflicted and unhappy childhood, Parker rose to acclaim, both for her literary output in publications such as The New Yorker and as a founding member of the Algonquin Roundtable. Following the breakup of the circle, Parker traveled to Hollywood to pursue screenwriting. Her successes there, including two uh, Academy Award nominations, were curtailed when her involvement in left-wing politics led to a place on the Hollywood blacklist. 
Dismissive of her own talents, she deplored her reputation as a wisecracker. Nevertheless, her liter- literary output and mm. reputation for sharp wit have endured. I didn't know that, that she didn't like being thought of as like someone with a uh, with a sharp wit. Well, it was specifically like wisecracker. <laughs> she, I think that means uh, something there's different. There's a quote attributed to her about... Um, there being a there being a difference between someone with wit and someone who's a wisecracker. Yeah. Let me oh. see if I can find that. Yeah, it's like I could see like wisecracker feeling more like a comedian or like someone that does it like as a uh, not a joke but like a performance or like it's just reaction. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, you're not. It's not actually like it's just something that they do, and it's not like they're thinking about it and being intellectual. It's just yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Or or say it for the sake of performance rather than right uh, right 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 actual considered response yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah I could see that um I love this photo of here with of her oh, down wow. with the <laughs> Algonquin Roundtable members yeah it's really great um it re- reminds me of do you guys remember the episode we did a while ago where they were doing the crouch where the 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 Hunkerin? Hunkerin, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she is not, but it looks as though she and uh, I'm not certain <laughs> who that is right beside her is about to, is trying to hunker. Getting ready to. In the front row. Yeah. That sounds. Oh, <laughs> man. I want to mm-hmm. refer, that, refer to that as often as we ever can. Oh, yeah. Can't die. We should maybe explain what the Algonquin Roundtable is. It's a group of. I guess not just literary people, but like intellectuals who uh, started having lunch at the Algonquin Hotel and talking. Um, people like Art Samuels, who's the editor of Harper's and The New Yorker, Charles MacArthur, uh, Harper uh, Marx. Yes. Uh, Alexander Wolcott. So they just got together and talked about smart things. If I remember right. Mm-hmm. That's how I always remember hearing about this. Yes. They okay. just talk about important things from the day. Yeah. Which is important. Or just mess around and drink. I or mean, do that too. Yeah. Those are the same thing. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Tried and true tradition. Do you find that uh, quote yet, Tim? I'm still looking for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's okay. Here we go. Sorry. Ooh. I found the quote. Oh my gosh. It only took me 20 minutes. I'm so proud of you, Tim. There's a hell of a distance between wisecracking and wit. Wit has truth in it. Wisecracking is simply calisthenics with words. Ooh, whoa. That's, whoa. A, that's about what you were saying, Kyle. Yeah, but yep. but she said it so much better. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's known Jeez. for it. She's She had her way with the words. Yeah. I guess. Wow. Well, Sky. <laughs> like, I, what are you going to do? Uh... I don't know. I've got like some Hollywood stuff here that could get me oh, close. One thing I wanted to mention that was kind of intriguing about uh, Dorothy Parker's life. Um, uh, she died of a heart attack uh, at the age of 73, uh, June 7th, 1967. So actually June 7th of this year would be the 50th anniversary of her passing. In her will, she bequeathed her estate to Martin Luther King Jr., Oh wow! To the yeah, uh, following King's death, her estate was passed on to the NAACP. That's incredible! I didn't yeah. know that. Her ashes remained unclaimed in various places, including her attorney Paula Dwyer's filing cabinet, for approximately seventeen years. Wow, that's weird. 
there is a note here too that uh speaking of her hollywood uh timing or her times timing yes her timing in hollywood uh uh where she's you know when she was blacklisted as a communist uh, in that time period of course um it references here that uh, her final screenplay was The Fan, a 1949 adaptation of Oscar Wilde's Lady Windermere's Fan, directed by Otto Preminger. I love that she had her screenplay was of Oscar Wilde, which, I mean, only someone like her could probably handle something like that. Like that's mm-hmm. you have to have a certain skill, yeah, <laughs> to to be able to make sense of of Wilde in that way. Like that's that's pretty impressive, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, who finally claimed uh, Parker's remains in 1988? The NAACP. Oh. Hmm. And uh, designed a memorial garden for them outside their Baltimore headquarters. Uh, the plaque reads: "Here lie the ashes of Dorothy Parker, humorist, writer, critic. They didn't use satirist, which is good on them. <laughs> yeah, uh, defender of human and civil rights. For her epitaph, she suggested: Excuse my dust. Oh, nice. Uh, this memorial garden is dedicated to her noble spirit, which celebrated the oneness of humankind and to the bonds of everlasting friendship between Black and Jewish people. Dedicated by the National Association of the Advancement of Colored People, October twenty eighth, nineteen eighty eight. That's beautiful. Yeah, very nice. Cool." Well, uh, it was towards the end of uh, the period with the Algonquin Roundtable that Parker began to become politically aware and active. What would become a lifelong commitment to activism began in 1927 with the pending executions of uh, Sacco and, and Vanzetti. Vanzetti? Um, who, oh, no. Yeah, we know about those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Parker traveled to Boston to protest the proceedings. Uh, Boston? She, mm, yeah, she and fellow roundtabler Ruth Hale were arrested, and Parker was event- had eventually pleaded guilty to a charge of loitering and sauntering, paying a $5 <laughs> <Sauntering>. fine. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to click on Boston. Oh, no. Ooh. Yeah, seems like a good idea. That's what I was going to click on. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, dang it. I was, I'm also actually looking to see, okay, that reference, uh, in fact, much of the references on this page is actually just listed to a, or cited to a book of her poetry. So apparently someone did a pretty heavy backstory of her life in a, in a, one of her poetry collections. That's pretty interesting. Oh, oh no, Boston, that, that, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. Oh, that sucks. Okay, let's see. Well, she... Let's see. Uh, Manhattan, that's not helpful. Well, I mean, that is also a drink, but that's not going to get me to... (laughs) Probably not going to get me to... That, let's see. Antisemitism, nope, not doing that. Uh, Flapperverse? I wonder what that even is. Um... (laughs) <laughs> the house at Pooh Corner. <laughs> oh man, some of the great links are just, or some of the diverse links are just great. Let's see. I I mean I guess I'm gonna have to do something Hollywood based, but like where? <laughs> I'm just not sure which one to take. I, is what I I'm gotta saying. go to Hollywood, but where? But where? Uh. <laughs> 
there's the uh, heart attack here, postage stamps. That never got put on a postage stamp, did it? No. <laughs> what, Dorothy Parker's heart attack? Yes. No, Tim. That that doesn't sound like a great postage stamp. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, I mean like cheers or something silly like that. Um, yeah, Elvis Presley's bathroom death. <laughs> Uh, I kind of want to click it just to see what else I might be able to leverage from that. Like, there might be a list of interesting pop culture things on there. Um, oh, man. You know what? It's as, it, That's as even a shot as anything I have here, honestly. Yeah? I'm going to do it. Postage stamp. Let's, okay. see what's on, let's see what's on postage stamps. It's pretty All solid. Right. Boston. A link I did not notice was on Dorothy Parker's page. <laughs> Yay! Here we are. Have we been here before? Uh, probably. I mean, every time we talk about Boston, it feels like a chore. Mm. No kidding. So harsh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I just don't like the Patriots. Oh. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> the city has like museums and stuff. Um. <laughs> Is that a direct quote? <laughs> no, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> Um, I just don't know how much I want to talk about Boston. Oof. These city pages are always rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're very much like, they're long and dense and just talking about infrastructure. It's important stuff. It's just not like interesting stuff. No. So, I mean, like, here you can talk about their climate. <laughs> uh... Fog is fairly common, particularly in spring and early summer, and the occasional tropical storm or hurricane can threaten the region, especially in late summer and early autumn. Due to its situation along the North Atlantic, the city is often receiving uh, sea breezes. Is often receiving? The city often receives sea breezes, especially in late spring. Oh my gosh. When water temperatures are still quite cold and temperatures on the coast can be more than 20 degrees Fahrenheit or 11 degrees Celsius, colder than a few miles inland, sometimes dropping by that amount near midday. Thunderstorms occur from May to September. They are occasionally severe with large hail, damaging winds, and heavy downpours. Uh, yeah, it just goes on. I will on. admit that Boston has a nice mix of both um, historic and new buildings. Yeah, that that is nice. I'm looking at these buildings here, and they're cool looking. The John Han- Hancock <laughs> Tower is pretty rad. Yep, yep, yep. They also have Hubway bikes, which looks just like a bike share. Yeah, you just run a bike. And... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> but it also has yep the bull and finch pl- pub uh, oh my whose building is known from the television this show this is not gonna Cheers. take long yeah oh, <laughs> well hey you you clicked on you clicked on what kyle I clicked on postage stamp and there are some great things on this page that I want to share simply I mean, because what, so, Cliff Clavens so, is a postman Yep. I had definitely thought of that when I clicked on this link, Kyle. Wait. That's 100% the reason that I clicked on this. Kyle. <laughs> we can talk about some silly things about stamps. I just uh, I just want to say that there is an entire heading, there's an entire section in the postage stamp wiki. One, two, three, four. Yeah, four yeah. large paragraphs. <laughs> Dedicated to perforations. Yes. <laughs> I was going to talk about that. <laughs> it's good stuff. 
<laughs> so, so here's the thing. Play it on me. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that great perforation action. So originally, Sky, if yeah. you can believe this, mm-hmm. here, just, are you sitting down? <laughs> yes, I've been sitting down this whole time. Because I know, our, our poor precious child here might not have been... Might not have lived through the era of perforations. Tell me, Grandpa. (laughs) In the first decade of post stamps existence, depending on the country, Mm -hmm. I don't know why it's saying that. Like they're saying it (laughs) as as though in every country, when you have postage stamps, like in the first decade, they are always done this way. Uh, Stamps were issued without perforations, so like nothing. It's just a sheet of stamps. It's all. It's all up to you. It's up to you. Scissors or other cutting mechanisms, which is a weird way to say other scissors cutting me- were required. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what other cutting things are there that you have in your house? <laughs> no. I gotta There's Google no- this. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, even even technically, scissors are just two knives. That's really all they. Scissors. They really break it down. <laughs> Scissors are, are, yeah, are just two levers stuck together. Right. Yeah. It's like they're a mechanism. Like, <laughs> you're welcome. I'm going to. What about shears? Like, um, okay. Hmm. So, those are scissors. If cutting tools were not used, individual stamps were torn off, which seems like a terrible idea. This is evidenced by the ragged edges of surviving examples. What is, what is the difference between <laughs> scissors and shears? Go. I'll let um, you know. Okay, so mechanically separating stamps from a sheet proved an inconvenience <laughs> for postal <laughs> clerks and businesses, both dealing with large numbers of individual stamps on a daily basis. You know, like a postal clerk like a postal would do. clerk do. By 1850, methods such as rouletting wheels were being devised in efforts of making stamp separations more convenient and less time consuming. <laughs> okay. So uh, it took. Let's see. It took until the 1850s before someone decided to perforate these these stupid sheets of stamps <laughs> that that you couldn't wow. that, that were just hard to tear apart apparently. Like yeah, I mean oh my gosh. So I have this blog post. What's the difference between scissors and shears? What is the difference from Havel sewing? <laughs> this quite this is a question that's on the minds of a lot of beginning sewists Amazing. and quilters. Amazing. The term shears is usually applied to scissors that are longer than six inches. That is not a, this is not a rule carved in stone, however. You will notice at Havels, we tend to use the term shears only with scissors that have an especially strong fulcrum force that gives them a better than normal ability to cut thicker Whoa. materials of several layers of material at once. So for us at Havels, we use the term shears to communicate extra strong fabric cutting power. Hmm. Well, you could have... All scissors create a force when cutting that propels the material forward. No, that's not true. What? What? That doesn't happen. You have to push those scissors forward. Mm, I'm calling bunk. I don't... That's impossible. Mm. That's not... No. No, that's definitely... That's not true. Yeah, forget this. I don't even... mm, Not a good source. That's how scissors... I think we're having a dis- we're having the wrong discussion here, Scott. <laughs> okay, never mind. Continue on. Uh, <laughs> okay, so here's another bit that I want to share. Oh man, there's just so many parts that I really want to share on this page because I this is just a great page. Uh, in addition to the most common rectangular shape, stamps have been issued in geometric, which meaning circular, triangular, or pentagonal, and irregular shapes. The United States. <laughs> 
The United States first or issued its first circular stamp in 2000 as a hologram of the Earth. And Sky, I could click on hologram again. I could link. We could go back to that page with that terrifying, with that terrifying Tasmanian devil or whatever it was. What was it? Was it a an opossum? I'm not really sure. It was. I'm gonna. I'm clicking. I'm clicking. I'm okay. doing it right now. I want to know. What was uh, it? It is. Oh, it doesn't even say. Just it, a weird, crazy animal. <laughs> I always thought that I thought it was like maybe like a Tasmanian tiger or something, but like, yeah, it's just hanging out. Um. All right. <clears throat> the subjects found on the face of the postage stamp are generally what defines a particular stamp issue to the public, and are often are often why mean, they are saved. You mean that the you mean the people don't go by the number of perforations? No, no, Tim. Here's here's the thirty six holer. Tim upgraded later on to the fifty four holer for more accurate tearing. Oh my gosh, that sounds like something that someone on PBS would totally be saying. <laughs> Graphical. <laughs> like I could picture someone saying that. <laughs> Subjects found on postage stamps have ranged from the early portrayals of kings, queens, and presidents to later depictions of ships, birds, and satellites, which are equal things in this list. Let me just put that out there. Uh, are equal to kings, queens, and presidents. That's That's cited? For some reason, I don't know why. Famous people, which is also separately cited and linked, I might I might mention. Historical events, uh, comics, dinosaurs, hobbies, paren, knitting, stamp collecting, and paren. Uh, sports, holiday themes, and a wealth of other subjects too numerous to list. Which is what not something i expect someone on wikipedia to say that's kind of the point of wikipedia wikipedia <laughs> yeah uh... um yeah so yeah they have um i mean and there's <clears throat> did you know there's more than one kind of stamp because there's a lot no really there's mm. there's at least two full page scrolls <laughs> All oh, kinds of stamps, okay. including <laughs> oh boy we're in it Tim, now do you want to take some of these because they're great i yeah, mean sure there's the airmail stamp, uh, the carrier stamp. Okay. They don't they don't explain a lot of these. They're just the names. All right. I like the ones they do explain though. Hmm. Such as the perforated stamps. <laughs> While this term usually refers to perforations around a stamp to divide a sheet into individual stamps, it can also be used for stamps perforated across the middle with letters or a pattern or monogram. Oh wow! Which are known as perfins. Perfins. No. <laughs> no, they aren't. Hey, there's a perfin. Oh. There's little perfins. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> These That's... modified stamps are usually purchased by corporations to guard against theft by employees. Oh, that makes sense. That's my favorite thing that I've learned on this page. I monogrammed my stamps because I was afraid my employees would steal would them. Would take my stamps. Oh, my gosh. Look on are... his birthday card. <laughs> Look at his birthday card to Timmy. Look at this stamp. You see that? What did you do? You see that JP? That's Jay Peterman. <laughs> that's mine. That's my stamp. There, Done got Tim, stole. you know there's a Seinfeld episode about this. <laughs> that's, that's why I automatically went to Jay Peterman. <laughs> um, but yeah, self-adhesive stamp, not requiring moisture to stick. Self-sticky. Uh, I really like the personalized stamps, which are... Uh, which Whoa. just say allow the user to add his or her own image. Ooh. Okay, that's the entire bit. 
but I love that they <laughs> specify his or her as though we're going to be progressive about these personalized stamps. Can I get like stamps on my cat? Uh, I mean, probably. Oh yeah. God, I mean, please Google that right now. <laughs> Can I put pneumatic cat stamps. stamps for mail sent using pressurized air tubes only produced in Italy? Are the tubes produced in Italy or the stamps? All right, I'm at catcenterstage.com. Cats on stamps. Oh my gosh. You ready? Cats on stamps. Can you please link that? To that was the sequel to <laughs> Girls on Film. <laughs> yeah, here you go. For more than 10 years now, I have gained a great deal of pleasure from collecting no, cats on no. stamps and related uh, material. I concentrate on domestic cats, although I do have wild cat stamps too. Oh my gosh. Did this, wait, wait, wait. Did this, did this letter begin, Dear Penthouse? <laughs> did did we just uh, open up another did you find another amazing uh web page from I think like I the did. 1990s is that what we just found this is from 2005 no that's not possible <laughs> yep <laughs> it is if cats are involved it's possible very possible <laughs> from the mid 1960s on cats started to appear more often on stamps and many issues from the 1970s and 1980s include them in the 1990s, there was practically an explosion of cats on stamps. That is, stamps devoted to cat portraits rather than incidental cats from a wide range of countries. Some not... have been produced as sheetlets with an overall linking theme or background design. Many are accompanied by very handsome miniature sheets or souvenir sheets without which the set really isn't complete. My example is from the Maldove, showing a Burmese, Burmese cat with a Burmese temple pagoda behind. Oh, there's a section here called Festive Occasions. A fair number of Christmas issues have included cats. My examples come from Latvia and show Santa dozing. With his cat on the back of his chair. Oh, my gosh. In hey. fact, the second U.S. stamp with a cat was the 1982 Christmas one. Uh, I just want... Uh, with a puppy in the snow. <laughs> yes, we have to put up with accompanying dogs sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. There's so much oh my here. Gosh. Uh, yeah, please like... <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that they have on here uh, also types of stamps, the test stamp, <laughs> which is a label not valid for postage. I've got one more oh, thing. Sorry, go on. Uh, it's the last paragraph. Yeah, go do it. I hope I have given an idea of the breadth of material available to collect and of my enthusiasm for finding it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you have. Yeah, you definitely. Have. <laughs> I think we got well it. Well done. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's that. Man. <laughs> the test stamp, which is not valid for postage, used by postal authorities to test sorting and canceling machines or machines that can detect a stamp on an envelope, may also be known as a dummy or training stamp, which I mean a training stamp as opposed to like what like do you need help? Like do people mm. like do you need to practice your stamps? Like is that a thing? The perforations have perforations, so you just oh. are guided right down the line. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, uh, <clears throat> we, we've learned about perfins, but did you know, <laughs> fun fact about stamps, 
There's so many fun facts about stamps. Okay, so did you know that there's a word for the border of uh, adhesive or a paper that come, that surrounds the stamps? According to this, <clears throat> souvenir sheets typically include additional artwork or information printed on the selvaged, S-E-L-V-A-G-E, the border surrounding the stamps. Selvage. That's a word. That's a real word that someone uses on a daily basis. I guarantee it. Also, uh, the stamp. <laughs> the next paragraph, or the, the next heading is just stamp collecting. And the, the first sentence is just wonderful. <clears throat> stamp collecting is a popular hobby, period. End of sentence. This is citation needed. No citation needed, Tim. It's a popular hobby. <laughs> um, they also, which I love that that someone took the time <laughs> to do this, collecting, stamp collecting, is not the same as philately, which is defined as the study of stamps. Someone wanted to get real specific here. <laughs> Oh man, I love I love people like this. Tim, yeah. were you laughing at the at the photo yes. or at the painting? It is not at, no at these words. It is not oh. necessary to closely study stamps in order to enjoy collecting them. Aww. <laughs> Many casual collectors enjoy accumulating stamps without worrying about the details. <laughs> Many do not. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but there is a wonderful painting here which shows someone enjoying stamps. Just enjoying the heck out of those stamps here. I'll share this. So I'm still on Cat Center stage. <laughs> um, and they have, a, uh, under Catnip Center, they have features. And that's where right. Cat on Stamps <clears throat> is. Um, but there's also Cat News. Uh, choosing the perfect camera. No. And then taking the best photos of your cat. And those are oh, two gosh. separate uh pages those are two separate things quickly what are the top the top tips they give for choosing the best camera for your cat choosing the perfect camera well let me tell you um i click on this and it's buying your digital camera (laughs) (laughs) why go digital slr versus point and shoot uh that's it oh no wait continue there's continue down here We've got a lot more to go. Um, we got to talk about megapixels, image stabilization, <laughs> FPS, uh, storage media. That's important. <laughs> Continue. LCD versus the viewfinder, ISO and scene modes, uh, how lighting can play tricks on photo colors, where to buy a digital camera, pre-shopping considera- considerations to narrow the field. Here's a cat <laughs> biting a camera. Um, oh my gosh! Understanding the camera, lens shutter, and sensor. <laughs> mm. Preview and light <laughs> meter. Oh my gosh! I'm on the sixth page of this, and here are all these, um, all these images of like how how the mirrors and the viewfinder and the light sensors of a camera work with just like a cat like put in each picture. So like it's not like they just found this on the internet. Like they made these specific images for this page. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, check it out. Oh my gosh. I, this is, this is the most amazing thing. That's where it ends. That's where the this feature on this page ends. I'm so glad I came to this page. 
Okay, would you rank this page higher or lower than the... Um, <laughs> what? Than Brendan Fraser's? Yes. Brendan Fraser's is oh, better. Oh, man. Sky. Really? Yeah, Brendan Fraser's page is just like art. It's history. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, Tim, this one starts with choosing the perfect camera. I mean... Oh, in the nav. Uh... <laughs> So, um, no, in the nav under you and your cat, they have basic cat nature, your new cat. What is my cat? (laughs) (laughs) I like the the catnip center. I thought, I thought would, would teach you about catnip. Yeah. For your cat. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> it's a place to go for puzzles and quizzes mm-hmm. to relax. Oh, mm-hmm. This is amazing. What's what your is your cat's, cat's pers- personality what? IQ? Oh man! Tim, you and I read that at the exact same time. <clears throat> we need a friggin'. It's, well, it's we gotta, a Cosmo test for your cat. Well, what? we got to do this right now. Yeah, yep. we totally do. All right. <laughs> Before we do this, jump my, my laptop's dying. I got to plug this in quick. Okay. Give me okay. Just a second. I'm sorry. Which of my cats do you want me to do? Um, oh, let's do. Should we do if Kyle was a cat? Yeah. All right, let's do that. When the doorbell rings, what does Kyle do? Runs and hides under the bed. Peeks cautiously around the corner. Runs to the door, tail straight up in the air. Continues sleeping wherever he is and ignores the activity. I'm going to say that he runs to the door, tail straight up in the air. What do you think? Yeah, he could do that. I haven't yes. quite decided. I don't know. I almost want to say he peeks cautiously around the corner. That's good, too. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Let's go with that. Question two. When you bring Kyle out of the carrier, how does Kyle react? What? Hold on. <laughs> does he run and hide in one of those places only Kyle's know and people <laughs> don't? B. Looks at you with big eyes and recrimination and won't come near, but will accept pets and food treat bribes with pleasure. Immediately runs to investigate and jumps in, or D, he opens an eye to take a look and then goes back to sleep. I'm thinking looks at you with big eyes and uh, recrimination and won't come near, but looks at food treats. I mean... I would, but yeah. wait, hold, why are we doing Question this with three. <laughs> you pull out an interactive toy Kyle has ever seen, <laughs> and you move it through the air. What does Kyle do? Uh, watch from afar, but only approach when you gently drag it on the ground. Make little clicking noises as if he has seen a bird, but keeps his distance, So, but is so curious that the hesitation overcomes fear, and he is quickly involved. Are they sure they're not describing an alien there? Because that sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> Comes running and leaping like an acrobat at the first whoosh of the toy. <laughs> or does Kyle open his eyes, wave a paw in the air for a bit, but then loses an interest and goes back to sleep, <laughs> tail gently switching, swishing? Do you have a preference? Does one of these sound right to you, Kyle? I mean, I mean, I I would probably I would probably watch from afar, but then approach gen- approach when they gently drag it on the ground. Okay, so that's <laughs> a bunch of B's and an A. Uh, <laughs> Number four, a friend with a toddler comes to visit. How does Kyle react? Uh, The friend says, I thought you had a Kyle, but your Kyle is invisible. Your Kyle is at the end of the hall, watching, glaring from the top of a tall Kyle tree, and even coaxing with Kyle's favorite food treat. He won't budge. 
your cat, your Kyle comes running, stops when he sees the little person. But if the child doesn't chase, he comes forward purring and accepts pets and praise. Or D, your Kyle, with great dignity and a slight air of annoyance, moves from the couch and heads for the bedroom. <laughs> I, I would be D. <laughs> D's pretty I, good. I, I have to admit, like, I would, I, like, this happens, well, I mean, mm. <clears throat> Today, I met a dog that I did not, like, I, I visited some cousins, and I was like, I didn't know you had a dog, I was excited, like, <laughs> like, I, but I, like, the dog, like, looked at me, and I was like, yes, let's play, let's do this right now, so probably the, oh, let's see, yeah, I guess C, I, I would, I, I, like, I, I embraced the dog, and in fact, I still have slobber on me from the dog, but it was adorable. Sounds really nice. So. Great. That's pr- Oh my gosh, it was so great. Good. Dogs are good. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of questions here. I don't think we want to do all of these. I did not realize how many there are. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> one one more. Okay. Uh, uh, let's see here. When you want to groom Kyle, how does he react? <laughs> <laughs> he sees the brush comes out, runs away. But once you get him, he'll give in, even offer a reluctant purr on occasion. Whoa, jeez. He fights and tries to bite the brush or comb. Grabs your arm and play kicks. Uh-huh. He acts as though he is ticklish, and likely he is. <laughs> this is not disturbing. Yeah, this one's a little weird. He wants to play with the brush, but soon settles down and purrs, turns over for you to rub his tummy. Aw. Or he stays put and enjoys the massage. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one would you I be? Mean... I, I will accept a massage at all times, so... Okay. That, there you go. Th- th- that last one. Like, there you if go. that's a thing that people are offering, then yes. Mm-hmm. Right, I think you're mostly bees. Oh, my gosh. So, um... <clears throat> let's see. Oh, hey, we were playing the Wikipedia game. Yeah. All right, you got mostly okay. bees, right? Um, I... Your cat is very. Is, your Kyle is cautious and sensitive. He does not appreciate changes to the household or the routine, but he can be motivated with food treats. Choose treats that are healthy, such as cut strips of grilled chicken, buy and freeze in snack bags, cream cheese, meat baby food, <laughs> dried shrimps, or other freeze dried treats. Speak in a calm, soft manner to your Kyle and offer the treats to soothe Kyle's nerves. A dab of rescue remedy applied to the inner ear tips is also good. There you okay. go. I mean, everything actually sounds pretty good, except for the meat baby food. Yeah. It, it's astounding how accurate that kind of is, except for the meat baby food and the rescue remedy bit. For sure. But, yes. Just <laughs> like look after your point, ear tips. That's kind of, that's kind of on target. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Do we have one for... Is there mail carriers on here because that actually would be helpful um i know we have general post office i guess i'm just gonna have to go with general post office i don't see like well there's postmaster general postmaster general james campbell going straight to the top i am let's do it postmaster general james campbell oh that's a great picture all right (laughs) oh there's a series on the oh my gosh all right go ahead scott (laughs) He's on Cheers. 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 Cheers is an American sitcom that ran on NBC Cheers. from September 30th, 1982 to May 20th, 1993. <laughs> Did you just do like a rhyme? I didn't mean to. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Um, it's about a bar and the people that go there. Mm. <laughs> Cheers eventually became the, a highly rated television show in the United States, earning a top 10 rating during eight of its 11 seasons, including one season at number one. The show spent most of its run on NBC's Thursday night must-see TV lineup. Uh, its widely watched series finale it was broadcast in on May 20th, 1993, and the show's uh, 270 episodes have been successfully syndicated worldwide. Wow. The show Fraser was a spinoff, which aired in 2004. Um, mm-hmm. Did you guys watch Cheers? I didn't really I watch did. it. My dad watched it. I mean, I I wasn't really allowed to, but I have seen episodes of it. And I do remember when it uh, when it ended, like my family was like, I that was a thing that people in my family talked about. Like, oh, you hear Cheers is ending. Like, I remember that happening. Yeah, I remember when Seinfeld ended and it was a big deal. Yeah, and Friends. Oh, yeah, Friends too, of course, yeah. Uh, I guess we should talk about main characters. Um, There was Ted Danson. Well, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Ted Danson portraying Uh Sam Malone, uh, a bartender and owner of Cheers. Sam is also a Lothario? What is a Lothario? Uh, A ladies' man. It's a ladies' man. Before the series began, he was a baseball relief pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, nicknamed May Day Malone, until he became an alcoholic, harming his career. And so then he opened a bar. I guess. Not the best move? I don't know. Um, he has an off-again, off, on-again, off-again relationship with Diane Chambers, his class opposite, in the first five seasons. Uh, in the pilot episode uh, in 1982, the series only had four employees in the first script. Neither Norm Peterson nor Cliff Clavin, regular customers of Cheers, were featured. Oh, no. Later revisions added them uh, as among the regular characters of the series because I guess they figured they needed like customers at the bar. So, yeah. Well, things evolve as you go, especially especially things like TV shows. Yeah, so now uh, let's talk about some themes, and there's actually a lot of themes here. Um, nearly all of Cheers took place in the front of the room of the bar, but the characters often went into the rear pool room or the bar's office. Cheers does not show any action outside the bar until the first episode oh, of the wow. second season, which took place in Diane's apartment. Uh, it has a bunch of running gags, such as Norm arriving at the bar always saying, Afternoon, everybody, and being greeted by a loud that Norm. That sounds like something he would uh, do. The show's main theme in its early seasons was a romance between the intellectual waitress mm-hmm. Diane Chambers and the bar owner Sam Malone, a former Major League ba- ba- uh, ba- basketball pitcher. Yeah, basketball pitcher. <laughs> uh, for the Boston Red Sox and a recovering alcoholic. Um, oh, my gosh. After Shelley Long left the show, the focus shifted to Sam, uh, to Sam's new relationship with Rebecca, a neurotic corporate ladder climber. Um, Many Cheers scripts centered on or touched upon a variety of social issues, albeit humorously, as uh, I think this is a book, Toasting Cheers puts it, the script was further strengthened by the writer's boldness in successfully tackling controversial issues such as alcoholism, (laughs) homosexuality, and adultery. What? Hold on. I I don't remember. Successfully tackling that? Oh. That's a that's a bold claim, Wikipedia. 
Yeah, it says homosexuality was dealt mm. with from the first season, which was rare in the early 1980s for American network television. Uh, in the first season episode, uh, The Boys in the Bar, the title being a reference to the movie The Boys in the Band, a friend and former teammate of Sam's comes out in his autobiography. Some of the male regulars pressure Sam to take action to ensure that Cheers does not become a gay bar. Uh, the episode won a Glad Media Award, and the script's writers, Ken Levine and David Isaacs, were nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award. Harvey Feierstein later appeared in the 1990s as Mark Newberger, Rebecca's old high school sweetheart who is gay. The final episode included a gay man who gets into trouble with his boyfriend, played by Anthony Harold. So I guess that's... I guess they got it. Like, that's... Mm. Um... That's successfully <laughs> done. Uh, remakes of Cheers. It's September 2011. Plural Entertainment debuted a remake of the series on Spanish television, also titled Cheers. Set at an Irish pl- pub, it starred Alberto San Juan as Nicholas Nico Arnedo, the equivalent of Sam Malone in the original series. It also used the original theme song recorded in Spanish by Danny Martin under the title Donde la Gente Se Divierte. In December 2012, the Irish Film and Television Network announced that casting is underway on an Irish-language version of Cheers, produced and pro- produced by production company Sideline. The new show, tentatively titled Teach Sean, would air on <laughs> Ireland's TG4 and features a main character who, like Sam Malone, is a bar owner, a retired athlete, and a recovering alcoholic. Except because of the setting in Ireland, the barman is a former hurling star rather than an ex-baseball player. Oh, wow. Right now, you can see Cheers live on stage at the Schubert Theater in Boston. Or that's where, that's where it opened, at least. It is touring through 2017. Wow, whoa. Yeah, of course he is, yes. Yep. All right, Tim. Good old John Ratzenberger. Mine, too, for what, for oh, what it's man. worth. Well, I mean, good, good job, Sky. Do so. you guys want to hear about James Cam- Campbell, Postmaster General? Did he, did he fight in any wars? <laughs> we did kind of... I mean... <laughs> I mean, none of those. None of those things. Uh, he... You know what? I mean, not really a lot to be said about him from here. This is a fairly short page, but more than I expected. Uh, according to this, um, he was... All right. Uh, let's see. What state was he from? I'm not seeing this here. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Pennsylvania. After the state's constitution was amended in 1850 to allow elected judges, he was nominated for the Supreme Court at a period when no nothingism and anti-Catholic feeling was rife, which he was both, by the way. Um, and they mentioned here, um, James Buchanan remarked to a friend in Pennsylvania, it would be a sad affair for the party should Campbell and fail and the remainder of the judicial ticket be elected. He is the first Catholic, I believe, who has ever been upon a ticket for state office, and he is worthy and well-qualified. He did, in fact, fail. Uh, But, like, the first Catholic, I guess? I don't know. It's a thing. It was not, it's not something that, again, another thing that we as Americans are not super proud of. Um, But they don't actually talk a lot about his work as a postmaster general. Like, it's just here, and they do mention <laughs> it, it. 
it, it he does talk about well here's the one bit like he he worked as postmaster general under uh under president uh pierce uh to, to, what's his first name why am i blanking on this uh yeah uh pierce i i can't remember uh, what the president's name sorry uh but um he was the last surviving member of his cabinet like that's the thing that they mention here as like the important part so that's a thing i guess hmm. that that's really it that that's it that there's not a lot here i guess i always wondered why why it's postmaster general like why isn't postmaster enough <laughs> they got to make it more like badass you know the postmaster yes. i am to the make post-master. anyone do master yes mhm wasn't there a kevin Klein movie or something like that. Am I am I like there's a oh the postman isn't it like there's the it's postman. like a, yeah. yeah all right that's not nearly as cool as the postmaster that's what it should have been or a guy is delivering mail after like the apocalypse or something yeah that's the one yeah I don't think it was Kevin Klein I think it was what does it say uh Kevin Costner Costner wrong Kevin yep. sorry. That actually makes a lot more sense. <laughs> so anyway, no, yes. I just I just want to say um, just Wikipedia's uh, first paragraph description of The Postman. The Postman is a post-apocalyptic science fiction novel by David Brin. In it, a drifter stumbles across a letter carrier uniform of the United States Postal Service and, with empty promises of aid from the restored United States of America, gives hope to an Oregon threatened by warlords. Great. <laughs> I just want to know which, like, how how far into the development of this story did they decide that Oregon would be threatened by warlords? (laughs) Yeah, basically. But, uh, yeah. Franklin Pierce. It's Franklin. Oh, thank God. Franklin Pierce. mm. That's that's the president. I'm sorry. I was stressing over here. I remember it this whole time. Good. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) It's like when the cat suddenly just jumps up and darts out of the room. You know that I I, I often listen to the to our episodes while I'm while I'm at the gym, and the other uh, a couple episodes ago when I accidentally forgot the word for the epiphany, and then twenty minutes later remembered what it was. Uh, I guess it must have been the like oh we were talking about Christmas. Uh, for the snowman, uh, yeah, for the snowman episode, and like I, I, I was sitting there in the up, like I was lifting in the middle of lifting my weights. I'm like, what is the word? I can't remember. Like I know I remembered it in the episode, and then I had like a secondary epiphany while I was lifting, while on top of the epiphany that I had during the podcast itself. Like, no, it's epiphany. Mm. It was amazing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Sky. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yep. We, we went from one of the most famous writers of our time, actually, not our time, before yeah. our time. Mm. Yeah. To um, a fictional mailman who lives with his mom. 
Yeah, Cliff C. Cliff Clavin Jr., uh, born in 1947 or 1949, is a fictional character on the American TV show Cheers, co-created and played by John Ratzenberger. A postal worker, he is a bar's know-it-all and was a contestant on the game show Jeopardy. Cliff was not originally scripted in the series pilot episode, uh, Give Me a Ring Sometime, but the producers decided to add a know-it-all character, and Ratzenberger helped flesh it out. The actor made guest appearances as Cliff on St. Elsewhere, Wings, and Frey. Mm. Uh, George Wendt, who played Norms Peterson, and John Ratzenberger originally auditioned for a minor character named George, uh, and Wendt uh, was hired for that role, maybe because he had the first name George. Uh, George was Diane Chambers' first customer, uh, had one line consisting of the order, beer, and was intended for only one episode. Since Wendt was cast as George, who evolved into Norm Peterson, Ratzenberger suggested to the producers that a know-it-all character should be added. This led to the creation of Cliff Clavin. Ratzenberger based his role on a police officer in his hometown of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh, Cliff was originally a security guard, but two days before the pilot's filming, he was changed to a postman. The producers thought a postman would be more knowledgeable than a guard. Uh, Ouch. Wow. Here's a quote from Ratzenberger uh, from 1985 about Cliff. Cliff is the kind of guy who wishes he'd been a combat Marine, but maybe he was nearsighted or had flat feet and became a mailman. He loves the respect he gets. As for women, Cliff is like the construction workers who whistle at women but turn to a quivering mass when they're face-to-face with a woman. The greatest fear of men is that they won't live up to their expectations. That's surprisingly accurate, I suppose. Reception. Mm -hmm. Uh, Steve Craig of the University of Texas called Cliff Clavin a buffoon to be ridiculed and pitied for failing the standards of hegemonic masculinity. Great. Uh, On the NBC News website, Wendell Witter or Whitler called Cliff a classic character. However, Whitler found his friendship with Norm Peterson superficial and unworthy of comparison with the relationship between Welf Cramden uh, and Ed Norton on The Honeymooners. Okay. Wow. Um, according to an April 1st to 4th, 1993 television, telephone survey of 1,011 people by the Times Mirror Center for the People and the Press, now the Pew Research Center, which is a lot easier to say, Sam Malone was voted a favorite character by 26% of respondents Mm -hmm. and Cliff Clavin by 2%. Aw. Uh, choosing a character for a spinoff, 15% voted for Sam Malone, 29% percent opposed a character spinoff and less than 10 percent voted for cliff wow poor ratzenberger it's i bet but like how many how many people now know him as just the person who voices a character in every pixar movie yeah the dinosaur Uh, instead of huh the dinosaur a car a he's been in every pixar movie kyle Oh no, he's not even the dinosaur. He wasn't even the dinosaur. Right, no, right. he's the piggy he's bank. The piggy bank. The yes. Pig. Oh okay. My gosh. Thank God. I thought I was yeah. being gaslit. Like <laughs> I was like, wait, I no. Those are the biggest dinosaur episode. So like, I must be wrong. <laughs> oh. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Sky, you spiraled out there pretty hard. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> But anyway, thank you for joining us tonight on our journey from Dorothy Parker to Cliff Clavin. Uh, if you would like to listen to more episodes, you can, of course, find us on iTunes under We Should Know Better. You can also find us at WSKBcast uh, at blogspot.com. You can also see us on Facebook. Uh, just search We Should Know Better. And you can contact us on Twitter at WSKBcast. 
I'm finally glad it's it's how many episodes and I can finally get those letters in the right order. Well done. And I've done good. it for like five times now and I think I finally got it down. I'm so proud of you. WSKB. <laughs> uh, Steven wanted in me Cincinnati. to point out. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. We'll get to that TV show later, Tim. Uh, <laughs> no, Steven wanted me to point out the other day that apparently we have their, po- their podcast on Spotify now. He's like, you should try to get on that. I'm like, okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not like that's not that's not like making it just getting on, like we're, we're we're already on itunes that's the biggest platform but all right yes we could i think you have to be like recommended by spotify Ooh. or they have to contact you i'm not really sure well, I can, now i want to yeah i can look into it <laughs> i think we're we're good enough sky i think we're good enough yeah, that's right. <laughs> Someday it'll happen, but until then, good night. Right. Bye, guys. Listeners, thanks for putting up with me re-recording this and the spots that made that, that made weird. Uh, it was weird for me, too, talking to these guys without them really being there. It was bizarre, but we made it through. So, see you later. Yeah, we'll make <laughs> good it. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. Bye. So to to finish this trifecta, I'm going to have to choose something that on the first page has a link to something directly adjacent to to the goal page. Like, I'm going to do it. All three of us will have done it.